I've never seen a diamond in the flesh I cut my teeth on wedding rings Dude, that's pretty oh, cool. Man, that is good. I just said that sad, sad. Sad. <laughs> Dude, that's pretty good. This is The Gloom, bringing you weekly interviews with F3 Omaha packs, exploring their F3 experiences, and finding those sticky elements that create the glue in The Gloom. And we're back. So here we are. We've got another uh, great uh, leader in F3 Omaha that I get the chance to talk to today and just hear their story. Uh, a guy that I've shared many runs with and have just enjoyed uh, getting to know him uh, over the last uh, few years. And uh, man, it's good to see you. Invictus uh, is my guest today. And so, uh, brother, why don't you tell us uh, how it all started? Who EH'd you? What was the first workout like? And uh, how'd you get the name Invictus? And maybe for guys that don't know, what does Invictus mean? Oh man, that's deep right off the bat. So yeah, I'll kind of take those in, in turn there. So first of all, thanks for having me on. Um, I guess in a short amount of time, I've been a long time listener cause I've gotten finally gotten caught up on all of these. So yeah, nice. it's good to be here. Um, so yeah, I remember my EH pretty vividly. Um, it was a Wednesday, Wednesday morning. Um, we got a company wide email about our wellness program. So hmm. it was like monthly updates and there was a uh, employee spotlight and it said, oh, Sean Howell is our you know, employee um, you know, of the month. And he talked about um, some of his recent accomplishments. And the one he highlighted was he completed a double Murph. Oh, and nice. so before all this, I already knew what a Murph was. I knew it was a very tough workout. I knew um, about the Navy SEAL who it was in you know, a tribute for, you know, and he created it. So as I, you know, messaged Sean, I was like, "Hey, man, you know, congrats! That that must have been tough," because um, I knew at that time he was going through a very you know intense fitness journey um, himself, and it was really good to see his progress. And so. Of course, in typical Sean fashion, his first response was, hey, man, thanks. We'll see you Monday. <laughs> and I was like, OK, you know, I didn't really shoot it down or ask him what was going on, but I figured it was, you know, just something, you know, he did on the side or, you know, part of his fitness journey, which he was, you know, pretty, you know, well, in he's pretty intense about it. And so, you know, that morning at like five o'clock when I was up getting ready, he messaged me, he's like, hey. You still going to make it like, yep, uh, I'm getting ready. I was, I think I was lacing up my shoes at the time and, you know, to his credit, he didn't tell me it was F3. He didn't go into a lot of detail. He just wanted to see like, Hey, you know, is he, you know, is he going to show up mm, and, yeah. you know, I show up. Um, and so he gives me a quick little intro before, you know, we get into things and he goes, Oh, by the way, we all have nicknames. My name's, my name's Biff. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, okay, cool. And um, and this was at the district. Uh, as my first post. It was July nineteenth, twenty twenty one. Buns of Steel was on the queue that day, and I think yeah, there's about maybe fifteen, seventeen guys. So it was it was a good crowd. Um, you know, I got through the workout. You know, it, it was tough. Um, I 
barely did a regulation pull up, but you know, I definitely modified as best I could. And um, I was sore for about a week straight until that next Monday when it started to wear off. And I was like, okay, I, I guess I could do this again. And yeah, um, it pretty much, you know, became my Monday routine for a while after that. Nice. And um, so yeah, long story short, I'm in the circle at the end of that first Monday. And they're asking me about, you know, where are you from? I was like, I'm from Los Angeles, born and raised, moved to Omaha, you know, summer of 2007, right before I went to college. Um, I think a tenderfoot throughout, oh, Hollywood, you know, you know, because I was born and raised in California pretty much my whole life. And then, um, you know, there were some ones that people were like, eh, you know, those are kind of good names. And uh, somebody threw out, you know, what's your like favorite hobby? And so I thought of, I mean, I, I've got a bunch of hobbies, but the one that I recently picked up at the time was disc golf, as I'm sure most mm. of the you know packs now know about. And, you know, I just, it was cheap. It was, I could be outside, you know, away from people, even though that's the last thing I wanted to do at that time. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, Tater Tot asked the final question, you know, what's your favorite disc? And there was one I had bought maybe a week or two before that, that, you know, I really liked. And it's, uh, it's a driver. It's called the Invictus. Okay. And so everybody, I say that and everybody goes wild and it's like, all right, Invictus was born. <laughs> nice. um, Is that, that a brand? Is that like a brand or a certain type of driver? Disc it's, or? It's, it's a particular model. Okay. Um, yeah, I won't go into brands because I don't know, maybe copyright or whatever. But yeah, it's yeah. a it's a specific uh, model that I like using. Um, so yeah, it it kind of just stuck after that. Um, I definitely could have told some maybe cooler stories. But yeah. the funny thing is, you know, everybody was asking me, "Oh, did you play rugby or something like that?" I'm like, "Yeah, I did." <laughs> you and did? So, yeah, I I played rugby for about three years um, right after college. Nice and. Um, so it kind of, the name lent its, you know, kind of, it just stuck. And then I was like, that's perfect. What's so. the tie-in with rugby? I guess I don't fully know that. So it is the name of a uh, movie with Matt Damon. It's about the 1995 South Africa a rugby team, which won the World Cup in the middle of apartheid. Okay. And one of their big influences was, you know, having Nelson Mandela's influence on the team. Um, and, um, you know, there's a whole backstory behind, um, you know, the, you know, the history of all that. And, but part of what I guess was the influence behind, you know, their victory and their influence from Nelson Mandela was the poem named Invictus, which wow. you know, has a, a pretty famous line, um, call you know i am the master of my fate so okay. you know, we you know i'm sure people could talk about that you know influence all day but um that's probably kind of a deeper story that definitely didn't name me but like i said it all came together and it's kind of like yeah. it's kind of like fate yeah that's cool your name has some like deeper meaning you know so many of us are not we're not that fortunate right like you you know if, and you know my my name was uh got more popular as, as the COVID pandemic, you know, hit us. And that was, I, I remember telling people I was the plague before COVID, you know, <laughs> well, that's, that's awesome, man. So, so I love that. So you really almost like kind of self 
EH'd, right? Like you saw this article about Biff and, um, you know, shout out to him for just being open in the workplace about his, his fitness journey. What, um, I want to dive in a little bit to like your, so you, you grew up, you mentioned you were really active, have a lot of hobbies and you had, you knew what the Murph was. Is that, had you done a Murph before or just kind of seen it, it, you know, around? I just kind of seen it around, um, probably due to some of my travels for work. Um, I do a lot of work for, um, you know, the military and the government. So hmm. I'd been to a lot of places where, you know, a lot of installations where guys are working out. And so it was probably like a post I saw or a poster on the wall that, mm-hmm. you know, some guys were getting together and, you know, it listed out everything, you know, they were doing. I was like, Ooh, but yeah, um, yeah it's, you know, it was, it was interesting to get into this. What did you think after, I mean, was it a difficult workout for you, you feel like, or did you feel like it was pretty easy to modify or what was your impression after the workout? Were you spilling Merlot or were you, you were doing okay? Luckily I did not spill any Merlot. Um, I was a little nervous getting into it at first. Cause you know, Biff told me, Oh, it'll take us about, you know, 45 minutes. I was like, wait, what? Like, are we doing like weighted or are we going full, you know, regulation, you know, pull-ups and whatnot? He goes, no, we'll, we'll modify it. Um, but we'll do, you know, the same amount of reps um, and I'll, and there'll be a little bit of running in between. I was like, Oh, thank God. Yeah. And so in that regard, it, it, it kind of eased my, you know, tension a little bit getting into it at first, but eventually it, it it wasn't as overall, it wasn't as difficult as I thought. And I'm, you know, physically, yeah, I was, I was stiff for a while. Um, I think one of the reasons I ended up liking it is because, you know, I'd be doing so many pull-ups and uh, Merkins that, you know, I'd have that like upper body pump for a little while. And so, you know, over time I'd be doing it so much, you know, I'm doing two on Mondays nowadays that it's like, I don't feel it as much. So it's like, Oh, I got to do more. Yeah. So I call that the, the chicklets pump. I imagine that's how chicklets just feels when he's walking around normal. You know, he just feels pumped like that. He's like uh, this. Yeah. What, so from a fitness perspective, were you, um, what have you done in the past? I guess, have you always been a runner or, or what else have you done from a physical fitness aspect? Yeah. So, you know, growing up, I played, you know, soccer, baseball, all that stuff. I think I played more soccer than baseball and I was always you know I was a skinny kid um I think all the way up or it through college I was you know six foot one 130 pounds so I had a a runner's build um ran for about two years in high school uh one of those years being sprints for the track team which eventually I got cut but I knew the I knew the distance coach really well. So I was like, Hey coach, I want to come run for it. He's like, sweet, let's do it. So, um, yeah, my junior year of high school, my, my running career started and ran all the way through senior year and ran, you know, four years in college. Oh, wow. And, where, yeah, where was that at? I ran at, uh, for Texas Christian university. So, oh, wow. TCU. Yeah. Okay. The, yeah, the, the horned, horned frogs. frogs, right? Yeah. So yeah. You'll hear me ranting and raven football every season, especially right. if we beat somebody big. I no. didn't realize that. That is so cool. So you're so like, and that was distance running. Yep. So oh. I, 
at first I emailed the track coach. I was like, Hey, are there any spots open on the track team? He goes, yeah. Do you want to run cross country also? I'm like, what? Like we're a division, <laughs> we're a division one school. Like, yeah. I wasn't thinking I was going to run division one cross country. And lo and behold, I go and do it for four years. And it was probably one of the best things that ever happened. Just we, got, so you know, cool. we got to travel. Our My teammates and I were really good friends for four years. So then did you see, so like you're coming out of college, like super fit, right? Probably, you know, in really good shape. Did you see, was there any sort of like decline in your fitness, bef- you know, between sort of college and when you started F3 or do you, how do you feel like your, your fitness is today? Oh, it, yeah, it definitely declined um, after college. Um, mainly because I really enjoyed the team aspect of, mm. you know, track and cross country. Um, you know, we had a set schedule. Um, it really taught me discipline over the years. But, you know, as, you know, we transitioned from you know, school to working professional life. Uh, it was definitely a bigger test and it was, it was difficult trying to, you know, work out and run um, on my own. Mm -hmm. Um, so, but I tried to stay as in shape as best I could for, uh, to play rugby, um, which I started immediately after, you know, graduation. I think I was home for two weeks and then, you know, summer rugby started. So like those last few months after, before graduation, when I was still on campus, um, you know, I just hit the weight room Mm. as best I could. You know, I knew I had the cardio, so I didn't focus too much on that. And, you know, I came, came to find out that I did not have enough muscle to play rugby. <laughs> I mean, I knew these guys were big now, and I knew they were also fast guys on the pitch as well. But even those guys are, you know, built like yeah. tree trunks too, but they're you know running twice as fast as you know, some of the slower uh, guys. Um, but, you know, it was, it kind of felt like, you know, F3, they were welcoming. It was, mm-hmm. yeah, hey, we'll teach you the game. And, you know, in the summer, we play sevens rugby, which is seven on seven, shorter game, uh, shorter game times. And it was a really easy way to learn the basics because there right. wasn't a lot of technical tackling and whatnot. Um, so, yeah. I love that. Our our, uh, our brother Khakis is a f- former rugby player, too. I don't know if you ever talked to him about that. I'm sure he's got some stories to share, but... I'm oh, curious. he's told me some stories, and they're absolutely hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we'll start a rugby AO one of these days. You know, see how many guys we have that can actually hang. So, so you fun. did rugby was was after college, still living in LA then? Or um, you, no? When did you move to Omaha? Uh, summer of two thousand seven. Okay. And so I, um, yeah, I was here for you know the summer, and then immediately went to college uh, that fall. So it was kind of off and on from. You know, 2007 to 2011 started, you know, working full-time 2011. Um, you know, I've, and, you know, immediately, yeah, started playing rugby right there. Um, so yeah, gotcha. I played for three years, you know, had a few, I'd say major injuries, you know, nothing too catastrophic, um, which is probably some of the cooler stories I could have told at yeah. my first post. So yeah. I do, I do have two metal plates in my body. Okay. Um, they don't set off the detectors at the airport, so that's a good thing. 
See, you could we we could have named you Titanium or some, you know. But no, I like Invictus. I think it suits you well. I think Thank so. You. So as I'm tracking your just your journey, and appreciate you sharing some of the backstory because it's just kind of cool to hear where guys come from. So, so you so you graduate school, you're back in Omaha doing the rugby thing, right? And then yep. you know, so where were you at? Um, in terms of just like a community or, or that like team aspect that you mentioned from college, like, do you feel like you, you had that with the rugby guys and then maybe getting some of that in F3 or, or how does that fellowship piece connect for you? Yeah, we did for a little bit. Um, one of the things we tried to emphasize as a rugby team was community involvement. Hmm. Um, That's cool. we, we had a few outreach events, which were fairly successful. Um, I think we, we, yeah, we had a clothing drive for the women's shelter near the, you know, near the airport. Um, and then you know, I kind of blended that in with, um, you know, church life as well. Mm-hmm. So it, it kind of came in bits and pieces, you know, and there's, you know, a huge, you know, story behind that as well. Um, but yeah, it, it was definitely something I enjoyed with the rugby team because we weren't all just, you know, hit it hard at practice and then play. And then, you know, we go about, our day, there was a culture we were trying to build you know, alongside rugby, not just, you know, playing every weekend. That's really cool. Have you been able to EH any of your old rugby teammates? Um, I have not, unfortunately. Um, a lot of them, a lot of the guys I played with years ago, you know, they've you know, moved on, started families. You know, they're not playing anymore. Um, I think for some of them, it, it would it'd be absolutely greater, you know, let alone all of them. This would be absolutely great well that's your assignment yeah. after after we're done here <laughs> noted <laughs> i love it awesome man so um tell me a little bit you know so it sounds like from a fitness perspective you've been able to do a fairly good job of maintaining you know kind of over, over the years right would you say today you're what sort of level of, of physical fitness do you feel like you're in are you back to maybe where you were in your college running days Almost. Okay. Um, I, I'm surprised, you know, nowadays I'm getting back to about, you know, seven thirty eight minute pace for long runs, which when That's I started, good. you know, murphing, I was like, I, how am I going to get past, you know, some of this running? Like I got a long ways to go. Mm-hmm. And in the grand scheme of things, it didn't really take long to get back to that, um, that pace, you know, and that, you know, discipline to push through you know, long runs or, you know, long beat downs. Um, and, you know, quite honestly, you know, like I said, I like having the team aspect behind it to push me, you know, and there's even been times where I've gone off on a couple runs by myself because it's like, you know, I'll push through, you know, four miles here, get it done. And then, you know, I have the, you know, the rest of my day to, you know, do stuff around the house and whatnot. But um, yeah, yeah it's, it's been, I wouldn't say a surprise, but I'm very happy with where I'm at. Yeah, that's awesome. And um, you feel like, so when you think about kind of the second F piece uh, and that team aspect, talk to me a little bit about, you know, so you come to this group, you know, Biff, did you know other guys there or how did you go about making uh, sort of acquaintances with the guys in the group or developing some of those deeper connections? Yeah, I knew absolutely nobody. That, okay. that Wednesday, when I first messaged Biff, I didn't know what F3 was. I you know, didn't know what the PAX was. Um, and, you know, quite frankly, I think it kind of all just 
you know, was, it was kind of happened organically. Um, mm, cool. You know, guys were asking me if I'm going to coffee. I was like, Oh yeah, I guess I could you know, go to coffee and, you know, try, you know, see who's going to be there and, you know, what it's all about. Um, so I guess you could say it was kind of a pretty smooth transition towards, right. you know, getting those, you know, second F, you know, relationships started. And you know, I guess, you know, long story short, you know, I'm, I'm in a sh- couple shield locks. Um, you know, I didn't, you know, serves my coffee habit. Well, I can tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, so tell, hold on a little bit. So you're in multiple yeah. shield locks. So, so do you, do they know about each other or do, do they, do they feel, uh, is it, does it feel like, like cheating or, you know, no, I, I'm just kidding, but is, how, how is that being in multiple? Has that been challenging or? Yeah, they both, you know, obviously serve the same purpose, um, but they operate a little bit um, differently. Um, okay. One of them uh, is the, you know, the mental battle uh, group oh, yeah. that uh, GP started. You know, nice. We've been supporting each other in a lot of different ways. Um, and, you know, that's been really helpful. Hmm. Um, and then um, I recently got, you know, and asked to join um, another one with some of the other guys, you know, that live around in the district. And, you know, that's the one where we, you know, we had, we actually had a beat down, you know, this morning that right. we all got together and had kind of an extended cafeteria afterwards. Um, but yeah, it, like they that's both cool. serve, you know, higher purposes. And I, I, I know, you know, a lot of the other groups, it, it's been kind of more organic than, Hey, we're going to, you know, lock shields. Um, cause we were all, you know, putting forth the effort to support each other. And, you know, quite frankly, I, you know, I, I felt compelled in a lot of ways to be there for, you know, some of these guys on, on both sides. So yeah. they, they don't compete. Um, and I, I think I've mentioned it in passing to some of the guys. So that's awesome. Yeah, it's been good. I really appreciate that. And I think there's, you know, so, so I've been kind of racking my brain for many years about this kind of, you know, mental battle, suicide prevention, recovery, addiction, all this stuff, right. That just sort of men deal with, but, but we don't deal with it well. And, um, you know, I, I actually just talked to GP yesterday, uh, interviewed him, um, and we got to talking about mental battles. I'm, I'm curious your thoughts of sort of like, what have you seen as helpful, you know, um, and I don't know if you feel inclined to share anything about maybe how, you, you know, issues you've gone through or what, how you deal with those, but what do you think, um, how could we be working on this together as a group, as far as mental health for, for men? Um, I think the best way, at least for me that I can sum it up is, you know, being open to vulnerability and what that, you know, might look like hmm. to other people or just accepting, Hey, I'm volunteering this information. Um, I never really knew what that was, you know, like before, you know, joining F3. Um, I n- never really had any trials that, you know, I had gone through in my life. You know, I'd seen, you know, older family members, you know, like my grandparents have passed away, um, you know, but, you know, they lived good lives. So there were never any events where I regretted, you know, a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Um but, you know, I guess, you know, recently, as you and I have discussed a little bit, um, you know, I have been going on sort of a, you know, mental health journey with, you know, not just you know, learning about how I take, you know, care of myself, um, you know, but taking care of, you know, my family, you know, especially, um, and how that, you know, deals with, you know, 
my relationship with my wife. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she's gone through a much, you know, I guess more grand, I guess, mental health journey. You know, I won't go into all the details, but sure. you know, I've, I've learned to appreciate, you know, what it means, you know, to be open about those things. Um, you know, I, I, I love her to death for, you know, being able to carry, you know, herself, you know, through her journey. Um, and, you know, as, as far as learning to, you know, I, I, I won't say I live, you know, with any, you know, mental health issues, but, you know, I've learned to, you know, just appreciate um, people's journeys yeah. with them. And, you know, I think I've learned, you know, a lot about myself and, you know, you know, if we're being open here, I've, I've been going to counseling for about, you know, four years. Nice. So it's been, you know, it's been really helpful. That's awesome. And I appreciate you sharing that. You know, I think some of it is just, you know, the, like this whole concept of mental health and mental battle, we just, nobody really knows how to fix it or deal with it really well. And so I'm like, okay, well, I know for sure that when we talk about it, it it at least presents it as like, it's a normal thing, right? Like we all have thoughts and we all are making decisions and inevitably like we all there's some conversation going on in all of our heads about life and things you know and so it's sort of um, just creating space you know as men to talk through like what we're thinking you know and and like sometimes that just means saying it out loud and realizing like wow i sound ridiculous when i think that way i should you know i should try to not do that but Mm -hmm. um so so in the mental battle space you feel like has that have you um be able to learn from other guys and, and help uh, the guys that are, are pouring into that. It sounds like you have, but just kind of curious how that's been going. Cause that's been going on for about a year now, right? He launched that at Octagon. Yeah. Just about a year. Um, yeah. It's been really helpful. They were kind of the first group of guys I opened up to about, you know, what I had been going through, yeah. um, you know, through, you know, my own mental health journey. And, you know, I think the maturity you know, in these guys, you know, showed when, you know, they were, you know, just, you know, just nodding at first, but, you know, giving me some sort of reassurance that, you know, you know, that makes sense, or, you know, I understand where you're coming from. And, you know, and to their credit, they also gave me that, you know, but, and then they gave me some sort of real world support on, you know, make sure you're doing this, you're doing this. And yeah, it, I think it was a good balance so that you know, I wasn't so, you know, lopsided in my thinking. Heck yeah. Um, you know, just, you know, I, I came to find out, you know, having, you know, just, you know, one side of you know the argument or being supported only on, you know, one aspect of something was, you know, not the best way to go about, you know, this journey. Yeah. Well, and, and I love too that you shared about just, um, just counseling in general, right. Is something that, you know, I I think like for me in our, in our marriage, um, counseling is just sort of part of the normal, you know, day to day. And it, and I think what I've learned is just sort of like, man, why didn't we do this sooner? You know, it was like, I feel like, um, you know, so I think for guys, uh, maybe listening that like, I, I don't know, I, I don't know what you would say, but I, I guess I feel like more of us should be tapping into some of the resources that are out there. I mean, it, what's been your experience like uh, kind of doing the individual counseling? So, 
Yeah, I've been like I said, I've been doing that for about four years. We've also been doing some counseling together mm-hmm. as well. Um, you know, unfortunately, there were some things that I didn't find out, uh, you know, until later on in the process. But um, and quite frankly, they I, I was mad mm. for you know not knowing a lot of information when I you know should have. But you know, with all that aside, um, you learn to just push through it, and quite frankly, it learning to do that or going through that matures you, at least I feel really quickly, or you're going to need to learn to, you know, mature and man up pretty quickly to get through some of that stuff. And I learned that through the counseling. It wasn't just, Oh, okay. This is the deck of cards I've got. It's, mm-hmm. you know, I, I had to have somebody, you know, a, a professional tell me, okay, let give me your story. And then we'll, you know, see where you're at. And, you know, they leveled, I guess, I don't know what you say, leveled the playing field for me. Mm-hmm. Let me know, like, okay, let's bring it back down a little bit. Because at first, um, you know, I, I was experiencing a lot of emotions um, that, you know, mostly for guys, is, we're not generally emotional creatures. We're creatures of habit. We're analytical. And we're like, oh, got to get this done. Done. Okay. Yeah. 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 I, I have found that to be so true. And I don't know, just, I think maybe as a child, right. I just never, um, I didn't learn how to like, I had two emotions, right. I was either happy or I was angry <laughs> and may, maybe sad sometimes, but I think most of the time my yeah. sadness manifests as anger. So just the, I don't know if you've ever seen the feelings wheel, but that's, um, I don't think so. It's sort of like this wheel of like just all of these different feelings or emotions that apparently people have. I still think I only, I, I've only, experience maybe five or or 10 of them, but I'm learning how to have feelings and how to have them in a healthy way. Right. You know, I think that's some of what we offer to each other within F3 is like, nobody's telling you to not feel right. We're human. We're going to feel, but it's sort of, how do you then behave, right? Not letting those feelings dictate your, your behaviors and sort of reactionary uh, response to things. But we could probably talk about uh, mental battle stuff all day, man. I, I do want to get your thoughts. Um, you know, how does any of that for you tie into the third F sort of the faith piece you mentioned? I mean, you went to TCU, maybe grew up with a faith background, but how, how does the faith piece kind of connect to it all? Yeah. So yeah, just backing up a little bit. I did grow up a Catholic Okay. and, you know, went to Catholic school through grade school, high school, um, and you know, I didn't really choose college based on that, um, but I was glad to see that there were faith opportunities to pursue on campus. Um, and, you know, it, you know, my faith journey was definitely tested, you know, during when I was away at school and, you know, luckily not in any you know bad ways. It's just there were times where, oh, I was busy on a Sunday, so I wouldn't go to mass or mm-hmm. um but what I ended up doing quite a bit was going to you know, other churches with some of my, uh, you know, cross country teammates. Nice. And you know, I was, and it was just to, you know, bond with them. You know, see what their faith journey was like. It wasn't anything about you know retreating from you know how I grew up. Um, and so you know, that's just something I, you know, tried to pursue as much as I could. Um, and I, I do remember having that moment. Um, I think maybe mid college, I can't really put a, you know, exact timeline on it, but, 
Um, you know, I remember asking myself, you know, why do I serve, you know, God or, you know, why do I serve my higher power? Mm-hmm. And, you know, and that kind of just started my, you know, I guess, deeper, you know, journey, you know, that you know, I'd be thinking to myself, you know, what am I doing every day to, you know, serve him? Um, and, and, you know, and that kind of ties into, I think, a lot of the, you know, community service I've, you know, got involved in. And even that, you know, my whole, I guess, community service journey starts, you know, years ago, mm-hmm. which, you know, we could you know, probably talk about for, you know, hours as well. Um, and, you know, that is something that, you know, my wife and I, we do share, we do share a, you know, a Christian faith together. And, um, you know, one of the things we, you know, I, I, or, you know, that, you know, we both enjoy doing is, um, you know, is our church group mm-hmm. that we have, um, together there. Um, you know, they're, they're not, you know, fire and brimstone kind of, um, a kind of church. They are non-denominational, but they're, they're just very down to earth, real people. You know, they have the same kind of, you know, faith journey as the next person on, you know, navigating the real world and, you know, getting to know them over the years has been absolutely amazing. It's been a good balance for, um, you know, our home life uh, and, you know, just social lives in general. Nice. I love that. I, I think the shared faith with your M is key. At least it has been in, in our situation. But, you know, I'm curious um, what your experience has been, because I, I have found, and this could just be a me thing, but just I've, I've found it easier for whatever reason in my sort of my journey to like be more vulnerable with like a perfect stranger in F3 than, than what I was willing to share initially with my sort of church small group. And I don't mm-hmm. know why I can't explain that, but I'm curious what, what's been your experience. Have you, you feel like you're able to open up equally with both your sort of your church small group and with guys in F3? I don't know if you've seen any difference there. Yeah. I, I'd say there's an equal level of you know vulnerability with both. Um, I, I think it's, you know, come at different times for both of them. But, you know, I, at this point where I'd say it's a level playing field. Nice. Um, yeah. I think what I like about, you know, F3 is, you know, as I'm, you know, you've seen many different, you know, faith backgrounds, many different, you know, points of view that, you know, the level of respect we give each other is, you know, very refreshing yeah. in this day and age. For sure. I, I don't think you find that in a lot of, a lot of places. Yeah. Well, and I, and I think you should be happy with your church, right. And the, the sort of mm-hmm. disciples that, that your church is producing. Cause I think that's, uh, that says a lot, right. If folks are able to connect in those small group settings and really share and not feel like, you know, we're church people. So we have to be, you know, be sort of polished. Right. Like I think, you know, at least in my experience, closer I get to God, the more I recognize how uh, sinful and broken I am. But um, I would be curious your thoughts on, you know, with all the different faith backgrounds and guys coming in, some guys, maybe not, not knowing what to believe, but, but curious, do you feel like we provide uh, good resources or, or access to resources, at least for guys to explore their, their faith? I think we do. Um, and I've come to that conclusion based on, you know, listening to a lot of different guys' stories. Hmm. Um, 
And, you know, I've heard a lot of your story. Um, I've heard, you know, a lot of, you know, shield lock stories and, and, and quite frankly, I learned a lot of it from listening to, you know, this very podcast. Oh, that's um, cool. And yeah, it's, for me, it's just been refreshing to, you know, just be able to be in the midst of that through, you know, everything going on right now. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's kind of an overarching feeling at, at, at this point. That's awesome. I love that. And it, it is cool. I think like, and you've mentioned a couple of times, but just listening to other people's story or journey um, and, and learning from that. I mean, it's such a valuable thing, right? It's almost like, you know, we could read all the books or we can listen to the people that have gone through it, right. And kind of learn from their experience. So I appreciate you sharing that. I, I am curious, you know, as you look at, you know, sort of all of these, you know, so, so fitness, fellowship, faith, right. All of these different things. And I, and I see you as really well connected to the group, right. You've really, you've, you, you know, are posting, you know, often enough to stay fit. You're developing some close relationships. I mean, I, I think, um, I love that you're in a couple of different shield locks and then your faith is continuing to grow. Um, what would you say? I mean, if, 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 you know, you're talking to a new guy or maybe somebody who's newer in the group, I mean, what, what's like that one or two things that, that somebody should do to sort of lean in, as we say, like to really connect and get the full experience with F3 Omaha. Yeah. So I, w- I was kind of thinking about, about that. And it reminds me of um, a senior I had talked to in high school, actually. I was, I was just a freshman um, starting and he came into class and the teacher asked him, you know, hey, if you would give these guys, you know, some advice, what would you do? And he literally just goes, just do stuff. <laughs> and we're thinking, okay, I mean, what, what do you mean just do stuff? And then, you know, he started to explain, you know, clubs, sports, um, you know, special interest groups and, you know, applying that to F3, it's just like, there's a lot of different avenues to get involved mm-hmm. with, you know, especially third F stuff. You know, maybe if you're not, you know, in the best shape, but you want to get involved with something, you know, go help out at a, you know, an outreach event. Mm-hmm. You know, I think there, you know, there's some guys I've seen, you know, you know, they bring their kids out. Um, and I know they bring them to, you know, beat downs, but I've only really seen their kids at, you know, third F events. So it's yeah. like, you can explore that, you know, immensely, you know, and, and not just, you know, beat downs or, or you can, you know, pick and choose, you know, however many beat downs you want to go to a week. You know, you yeah. can talk to some guys and say, hey, let's go, you know, meet here. You know, it's, you know, the possibilities are endless. And then, of course, you get to the point where it's like, crap, you know, you need to take time off to heal, which, you know, I'm going to be doing the next couple of days, get ready for, you know, halfway house. But, um, uh, yeah, it's the possibilities and feelings are endless. I love that, man. I love it. And the simplicity with that, right? Do stuff, right? The group is putting out so many things, right? So, you know, obviously manage your relationships well with family and schedule and all of that, but uh, engage, do stuff. I, I like that. Um, that's really good advice. I do uh, also want to talk to you about leadership. So, you know, we've got this mission statement, right? We're trying to reinvigorate male community leaders or, or invigorate, however, you know, you want to look at it. But curious, you know, is like your experience in the group, maybe it's your VQ or maybe it's being the site queue, but um talk to us about your leadership journey within the group. And then I would love to hear also like, has any of that leadership experience in F3 translated to other 
areas of your life? Yeah. So I'll kind of give a little bit of pre F3 blurb. Um, I think my leadership journey started um, when I was in Boy Scouts. Oh, yeah. Um, I was a Tiger Cub all the way up through you know, earning my Eagle Scout. Award. Whoa, that's a huge and, accomplishment. Yeah, thank you. And my brother is an Eagle Scout as well. So we we, we enjoyed talking about that. Um, that's awesome. And part of that journey that I think sticks with me is uh, my one of my Scout Masters um, at one point put an emphasis on you know, community service in addition to the regular requirements for rank advancement. And he's like, I'm going to make you guys do this because, you know, this is important. And it wasn't anything that was written down. It wasn't anything that, you know, somebody, you know, higher up was looking, you know, for people to do. It was, I'm going to, you know, make my, my boys do this. And so I'd get all the, you know, written requirements done, but then it was like, okay, time to go find, you know, a community service opportunity. And, you know, I would volunteer at my local library for, you know, their outreach events. Nice. Um, so that's kind of the, I guess, you know, inspiration behind, um, you know, I guess community leadership that I, I went through. Um, and then, you know, I can talk about, you know, my Boy Scout journey all day, but um, I don't think we have time. Yeah, we'll have you um, back for a second, a second sure. interview. Sure. Um, so, yeah, I guess then transitioning to, you know, F3, um, I, I I really enjoyed seeing the community outreach events, um, you know, that we that, that would pop up. You know, I immediately got on Slack. Um, I think it took me like a month or so to finally get on the F3 Omaha channel so oh, I yeah. could see all that. So I was like, how do I sign up? And so I think Icy Hot finally got me signed up. So appreciate that, Icy. Um, and I think my the first outreach event I did was um, a food, uh, you know, packing drive for the Heartland Hope there down in, um, you know, on U Street. Hmm. And, you know, we were there for, you know, I think three to four hours. And it, you know, knowing, you know, who we were impacting, you know, was, you know, I think really refreshing knowing that I was a, you know, part of a group of guys that, you know, in, at some level, eat, breathe and sleep, this kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and, you know, ever since then, you know, I, I think I was, I was hooked. Um, I, I don't quite remember when I started hearing about, you know, the third F aspect, um, you know, besides, you know, Bunch of Steel's initial introduction to, you know, fitness fellowship and faith. Yeah. Um, but knowing that we have the network, you know, that we use to this day was amazing to see. And I, you know, not to sound selfish or anything, but I felt like I could foster that, um, that aspect in myself. So I was like, yep, I'm, I'm in, let's like, let's do it. Yeah. That's um, perfect. And then, yeah, I guess transitioning to, you know, the district, you know, site queue role. Um, I remember one day Biff was, you know, once again, it's Biff. He messaged me um, on the side. like, hey, can you come in my office? I want to talk to you about something. I go, okay. I figured it was project related because we worked on many projects uh, at work together. So I was like, oh, okay. Got to get, you know, my notes ready or something. Yeah. And then, you know, he just, you know, straight up asks me like, hey, what do you think about, you know, becoming a site queue at the district? I was like, oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah I'd, I'd love to. That'd be great. Yeah, and then he, you know, gave me the intro to, you know, my job duties, you know, who I'd be working with, you know, since we're a co-site queue, um, uh, AO, 
So yeah, it was it was great working with Dirty Bird there for the last year and change. Um, and you know he you know I was looking at Biff's example on how he you know led the site you know, for the year that you know I first started, and you know I like how guys were you know trying to you know make it their own or make something unique out of their experience, and I think where I decided to um, go with that was. Um, you know, not just get, you know, different guys to queue there, but sort of branch out during the rest of the week and sort of, you know, represent the district at other areas. So, you know, I'd be going out West, um, you know, I make it down to Sarpy quite a bit. Um, and, you know, to just sort of, you know, spread the love as they say. Um, and you know, all the while still keeping up, you know, those community outreach events because, you know, everybody, um, sees who attends, and they see, you know, the impact we have on the community. So it, it, it was I, a great experience. Um, I think multiple people asked me, you know, what was it like? And I think the first word that came to mind for me was it was different. Mm. And because, you know, people depended on you for, for certain things, you know, keep, the, you know, not just the queue schedule open, but you know, correspondence, um, you know, and, and stuff like that. Um, and it, it was interesting getting into, you know, social media, yeah. you know, then Twitter now X. Um, Cause I, at the time that I started, I did not have, you know, that account. So like a lot of guys, I had to create one, yeah. um, you know, to sort of, you know, keep those, you know, posts going. Um, you know, and, you know, I'll be honest, I, I wouldn't say I'm addicted to it, but I checked every so often to see, you know, who's looking at that stuff, which is not the most important thing in the, in the world. <laughs> yeah. So that's, I think there. one thing, maybe some humility I've learned over, you know, the last year and change to, you know, just, you know, focus on the impact of the community and not just, you know, or not social media at all. Yeah. Um, that's awesome, man. And I love hearing just the whole, the whole journey and sort of this, this common thread of the community engagement. I think that's really cool. Um, and seriously, man, the Eagle Scout is no joke. I, my father-in-law has his Eagle Scout and I'm always like, I, you know, I'm sort of like a little bit uh, resentful, right? My parents never got me into scouts and I wasted all this time playing baseball and then got injured and I could have been, you know, I could be an Eagle Scout, which would be really cool. Um, I am curious, you know, as you think about your time as a, as a site queue, you know, you kind of get, you gave us some advice earlier about sort of leaning in, but would be curious if you have any, you know, maybe more specific advice for, for site queues as far as, you know, man, managing a site or dealing with F and G's or, you know, anything that, that you felt like was really helpful to know or do while you were a site queue. Yeah. Um, it definitely taught me, you know, to, be more prepared for, um, you know, for each week. Um, yeah, I don't want to press anything as far as you need to do this, mm-hmm. but I think it, the whole process kind of lends itself to that. Like, yeah, you know, you got to make sure you've got your, your spots filled. Um, you know, if there's any guys that, you know, don't murf a lot that, you know, need some help with the format of the day, I gave a couple guys, you know, the outline the day before, and, you know, some of them had it up on their phone as we were going throughout the morning. So, it was nice. like, you know, you, once you see your, you know, preparation, you manifest itself. It's, it's a good feeling. Um, 
but like that preparation's going to be, you know, make it unique to yourself. You know, you, you can, you know, verbally tell somebody the outline, you can, you know, write it out for them, you know, make it, you know, make your preparation your own because, you know, it's all going to be up, up here for you alone. Yeah. No, I love that. I like that. And it, and I think helping the, whoever's on the queue, right. Just helping them make sure they're comfortable and prepared and can have a successful workout. I love that. Even at, at, at a Murph site. Mm-hmm. Um, I am curious, you know, as we're sort of coming on towards our close here, what, would there be anything that maybe was on your mind or that you were really wanting to share with guys that are listening that we didn't get to cover today? Anything in that space for you? Um, I, I think we covered a high level view of, you know, everything. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I guess I'll, if we're, you know, if I'm going to have one last, I guess, major statement here, it's, you know, vulnerability can be, you can be valuable you know, to your, to you. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, that's, to me, that's not a selfish, a selfish thing because there, I, I've learned to value what it, it means to, you know, be vulnerable for yourself. And it, it's helpful in ways, you know, that most, oh, I, I'm a lot of people I think, you know, you know, might not know about, um, but it's been for lack of a better term, liberating mm. in, in a lot of ways you know, knowing that I'm not alone and knowing that I'm still you know, accepted. Sure. Yeah, I would totally agree. I think what you mean is like, like if, if I choose to be vulnerable and share something, I get a lot of good out of that. Not to mention the, the benefit to the people I'm sharing with. Right. That's sort of what you're saying. Yeah. I, that's yeah. probably a better way of stating yeah. it. it. No, you're it, good. It goes around. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I think for me it's, it's freedom, right? It's sort of like, you know, you're, you're yep. sort of trapping this stuff inside. And once you decide to be vulnerable and share it. And then I, I think, like you said, in our group, everybody, I, that, and every time I've been vulnerable, you're met with love and acceptance. And at least for me, I always told myself this lie of like, well, if they find out who I really am, Right. Then they're not, they won't like that person. Right. I won't be allowed to come back or, you know, this whole list of things that just have never been true, you know? So it's, I think, um, to your point, it's just really a lot of freedom there. Hey, what's a good way if a, if a guy's listening, he's interested in maybe connecting with you on the the mental battle front or uh, anything else that they've heard is Slack, Twitter, best way to get a hold of you or, or maybe talk to you on a run. What would you recommend there? Um, yeah, as far as, you know, let's say from the fitness side, definitely a pre-run would be great. You know, I, you know, I've heard many of these episodes talk about that and I love what that's, you know, done for guys. Um, you know, as I guess, as far as, you know, from a social media standpoint, um, you know, maybe, you know, probably reach out to me via Slack. Um, I, (laughs) I've had to delete a lot of apps over the last, you know, month or so, because, you know, not just my phone, but, you know, in a way it's our world and it's getting cluttered. And I've had to just be like, I don't need this. I don't need this. I don't need this. Cause you know, yeah. you, you add one app and then, you know, three more follow. Yeah. Um, but, you know, ho- hopefully I see you guys initially, you know, at a pre-run or in the gloom. Awesome. So. Hey, and kind of the last question we really like to get from you is just based on your current 
current life, current things you're going through? What what can we be sort of praying for you about? Or maybe when we see you, where, where can we be offering uh, encouragement for you? Yeah, yeah, I've definitely needed some encouragement, not just for, you know, you know, mental discipline. You know, I think, yeah, that's definitely been a struggle for me, but yeah. Yeah. Just, just help praying in general. I don't, Mm. I'll be the first to tell you, I don't do that a lot. Just Mm -hmm. one, because I, sometimes I guess I get too complacent. So yeah, I guess you can, you know, pray to help me avoid complacency. That sounds like a pretty grand um, request, but you know, it's definitely something I've, you know, been going through. Yeah, man. No, I appreciate that. And I, I just want to say thank you. You know, I think the conversations we've had on pre-runs and just the conversation here, um, hearing your story, I just, I, I love uh, just getting to be around you, right? You're continually accelerating, trying to find ways to get better every day and then trying to find ways to impact the world around you, which is just, uh, that's what we're all about, man. So just appreciate you and, and who you are. So Let's uh, we'll do a little namorama. I'll start right. us off here. Uh, Brandon Fleahardy, thirty-seven. The plague. The plague. Ah! <laughs> Ryan Dalrymple, thirty-five. Invictus. Invictus. Love it. And pronounce your. How do you say your last name? How do you correctly say it? It's like I'm talking to the tax collectors because they get it wrong all the time. It's <laughs> it's Dalrymple. Dalrymple. Okay. And even I say it too fast and it gets jumbled sometimes. (laughs) I do the same thing. Have we come up with like any sort of call sign for your, for Invictus either? Is that, or is that in the works? Um, There hasn't been one that's stuck. I think Scuba started one early on when, you know, he first started posting and, you know, it would be Ryan Dalrymple 35 Invictus. And then I'd hear Scuba mutter, Matt Damon. (laughs) So, that's kind of a double, you know, deeper, deeper reference, but I thought it was hilarious. It didn't really catch on, but I appreciated it. Okay. So we'll start saying that you do kind of look like Matt Damon, you know, so I think we could go with that, right? Okay. Yeah. I've been told I look like Daniel Tosh. Okay. Love it. This is great, man. I appreciate you taking time to just talk it through. Have yeah, I appreciate having me. Yeah. Thank Remember? you.